through the city like Brennan Shaw. I'm on a mission to get it all. Ride through the city like Brennan Shaw. If you ain't thick, please don't get involved. And now, Brandon Thick Boy Shaw. Yes, it's Monday morning. Monday morning, January 3rd. This is officially the first episode of the shop show ak below the belt aka big brown breakdown but we're not it's the first shop show it's the same show i've been doing for years and years now it's just uh rebranded man because your boy is on his own your boy is on his own mr independent um yeah shout out to showtime thanks for all the years but now we riding man now we riding on filtered on edited we're not going to play any of those games. You're eating your boy here raw, raw dog, raw dog. Here we are. Um, yeah, man. Super excited. Really? So this is episode 267, Chin? 267. 267. If you count the below the belts with Showtime, we're not starting with number one because it's the same show. But really, if you even go back further with the big round breakdowns, this is 267. This is probably episode 300 something if you include the, include the big round breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Just once a once a once a week, so I guess Fire Kid we're on episode seven hundred something. But really, that's over a thousand. If you include the Fox Sports and the ones Brian and I initially did out of his garage, that's over a thousand. I think King on the Stings on what King Stings on almost two hundred. Yeah, I'm gonna just double check real quick. Last King the Sting was uh, <clears throat> three years ago. That was. So if you scroll down though, mm-hmm. uh, they're on one fifth. Was it one fifty? What? Hold on, let me look. Let me just do this real quick. It's not going to say on there. Scroll, go back, Jen. Uh-huh. And then if you go to the Christmas one, just scroll over. It says the number right to the there. One fifty three. So one fifty. So one fifty four. Once a week, not bad, man. Not bad at all. Oh, duh! Best of cats. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. Oh, yeah, I got you. So really, that's 154, the best of. Yeah. But it's not a new episode, so I'm with you. We're on 153. I get what you're doing there, Nikki D. Nikki boy. Nikki boy. How do you guess Nikki D works? His name's Nick Davis. Yeah. That works, man. How was your New Year's, Jen? It's good. Just chill. Did stay you at home, stay up girl. to midnight? Yeah. And then, you know, everyone's getting sick right now, dude. Like, Everybody, everybody, gets yeah. Sick, which I think is a good thing. Shows we're at the end of the pandemic, but also not a doctor. So, so we just Facetimed all our friends, <laughs> took shots together. Oh wow! On Instead of getting together, yeah, just to be safe. Sure, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, hey, do what you want, man. Yeah, yeah. Do what you want. We brought the New Year's in. Uh, I think for the third or fourth year in the row on stage, and so we're in Dania, Florida, brand new club, beautiful club out there, and uh, they gave us bottles of. Uh, that's me and David there, mm-hmm. Dana, me and my boy David. Uh, and he actually has a um, he has a show dropping on a thick boy called Flatline with David Lucas, where if you've ever followed David on Instagram, if you're not, he's a great follow. But if you ever followed David, he does a thing where people go Instagram live and they get roasted. And he goes through a million, you know, tons of people roast them. I was like, dude, this is a show. <laughs> so we're launching it. I think, is it next week? The next week, it's it's sometime in January. It'll be on Thick Boy Channel. It's called Flatline with David Lucas, and he'll uh, he'll do it on his end. But um, it's uh, 
fans are going to call him to get roasted, and he is a straight savage. We, he's one of the few comics where we sit in the back hoping somebody yells something out so he lights him up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's the gift of uh, the roasting, the roast master himself. Obviously, Jeff Ross is the roast master, but David is right there. He is a monster. So his show will launch on Thick Boy this month, which we're looking forward to. I bought that shirt. I look. I, I dressed like Don Shula in the '70s when I was on stage. Um, but yeah, so we brought the New Year's in, and they gave us uh, champagne. But the way they do it now, they they give you champagne, and uh, it's not the bottle. I'm sure they still make those bottles. You know, the bottles you got to like take a knife and hit the cor- yep. corkscrew, and it goes flying, hits yep, them in the fucking cracks. face, something like that. Yeah. They didn't want that, so these ones you turn, they kind of just like pop off. But then we start celebrating like it was goddamn like we want an F1 race. And so we, someone put, what that knee do, baby? And then someone said, meet me at ACL surgery, baby. Dude. So me and uh, David had the bottles, and we're shaking it. That's his girl in the back there. But we're shaking it and spraying each other and spraying the fans. And then uh, I don't want to spray his girl. And I see Justin. Justin knows has a fly outfit on, and I know how expensive it was, so I don't want to ruin his clothes. So I'm like spraying just trying to avoid people but it's going all over the floor and for whatever reason justin decided to run it's at justin on cut but uh he decided to run he ate all the shit he ate so this video doesn't do it justice he fought he hit the ground so goddamn hard he fucked up all the plants the random cuff coffee cup came flying out and broke weak david was it straight up in tears laughing so goddamn hard hit that video too. <laughs> look oh <laughs> my boy Luis Diaz shout out to Luis look David I'm talking laugh for probably 30 minutes like tears coming out of his eyes <laughs> just Nate shits it's like a slow shit fall too oh dude Boom. but it was so loud like yeah. that video I don't know who took that video that's awesome maybe offended but I, I decided to go inside because I was spraying the thing and then there's just some bro in the front row going like this ah <laughs> Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to bring in my New Year's no. with this visual. So I went back uh, to the green room. Yeah, man, Danny was dope. Danny was really cool. There's me and my bro at the beach. Chappelle was actually there, but he didn't want to get in the water. Look at Callan. Brothers. See, here, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I po- so uh, I said the Florida Splash Bros ran to a man of war jellyfish, a.k.a. Satan Bubble of the Sea. Go over to the man of war. So this thing's chilling there. So you can't see, but the tentacles are under the sand and they go far. And I told my my brother, was like, it's just a jellyfish. I'm like, that's a man of war. So we looked it up and it is a man of war. And then the most painful jellyfish. But here's the problem, not the problem, the thing with social media. So this guy, Marquez25216, but relax, the fucking blue bottle laughing emoji not even a top 10 of ouchy things in australian waters yeah dude because australia has tons of shit that can kill you but when we're chilling the fort lauderdale that bath water of an ocean and we run in a man of war we freak out we're not used to that shit out here man and then i you know i love animals so i wanted to save it so i tried grabbing a seashell and toss him in the back in the ocean so he didn't die because obviously he got washed upon the shores uh-huh but there's all these kids playing and he started head straight for the kids. Not, you know, he just goes with the tide. He started floating towards these fucking five and eight year olds. So I had to run over to the parents. Like it's a man of war. <laughs> like how to get back in the water. I'm like, I have no idea. Save yourselves. But we looked it up. And a, a, 
again, I know Australia's like, whatever, dude. That's like a fucking, you know, bug bite. Dude, you look up how bad their stings hurt, and it is no joke. Here's the thing. This guy uh, put uh, Ian underscore P, but you're supposed to piss on it. That is a m- urban myth. You're not supposed to pee on it. It actually does nothing. They say um, you're supposed to go back in the water. You're supposed to go back in the water. The salt water helps it. Mm. it I don't know who invented the piss thing. I guess if you have nothing and you just want to piss on your friend, do it. But uh, the the peeing on a jellyfish sting, hate to tell everybody, is an urban myth. It's not true in any facet. I learned about watching Friends. Friends, yeah. they do it on um, Heartbreak Kid. He gets, His girl pisses on him. He gets stung by a jellyfish. They must fucking hurt, though, man. They yeah, must this hurt. Thing looks, when they're colorful like this, that to me, that's danger. Oh, I knew, colorful. dude, I know my animals. I knew that was the man of war fucking off the bat. And I, so I was sitting there. I'm like, someone's going to fucking step on that thing. And all we just sit there and watch it. It stressed me out. Looks cool, though. A little whiskey for the first episode of the Shop Show, man. Hell yeah. A little whiskey. See, behind me, uh, I guess some of my, I, I don't say favorite whiskeys. Probably, I respect Proper 12, but not, <laughs> not my top 70 whiskeys. <laughs> But uh, what he did with it, what Connor did with that thing, you gotta, uh, can't hate on that. So you got Proper 12 back there. You got Rear Stash, which is my boy Dustin Poirier's uh, bourbon. Good. It's very yeah, yeah. good. Very, very good. And uh, he just launched that last Friday. You got Tiger Thick, definitely the best out of the ones up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just signed with a huge distributor. So that's in coming this year. Actually, this month, it's going to be available all over the place. And then Johnny Drum from Kentucky is personal favorite. And then up there, I want to highlight my uh, my favorite sneaker of the month. So I'm gonna switch that out every month. But that is the Nike Yeezy when Kanye was with Nike and created shoes. And the issue with that is my boys from Suplex uh, sent me that because I've been looking for it for around six years. I've been trying to get that shoe, and uh, I got it. And uh, problem is size twelve. Your boy was thirteen. But I will cram my fucking big toe in there, and because uh, pain is uh, fashion, so it's up there, so I don't get an ingrown to- toenail. But every month I will switch that shoe out. Yeah, man, this is it. My boy Brian Johnson built the set. So if you're looking for a podcast set, hit up my boy Brian Johnson. He builds all my sets: King the Sting, Fighting the Kid, Shop Show, Cabas Fight Companion, Chappelle's sets. He builds every single thing that you see. Uh, and the Thick Boy Studio is all Brian Johnson. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. Beast. And uh, yeah, he, he did yeah. Adam Corolla set, Winnie Cummings set. Uh, he did the set for my special. He he flew out to Dallas, built the set at the Addison Improv. And I'll have news on that special very soon for you guys. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, Brian's a beast. Mm-hmm. Brian is a beast. Uh, but let's get to the fight world, man. What is happening in the fight world? Well, uh, as I always like to say, they're edging us. They're taking a little break, and they're edging us with some fight nights. There's a fight night next week, but till then, the UFC kind of stays. They lay low. They lay low till you uh, get that pay-per-view, and my God, is it a pay-per-view, and we got a Calabas Fight Companion on the Thick Boy channel, YouTube, uh, Calabas Fight Companion with Chris Stefano, Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen, myself, for the big-ass heavyweight titles on the line, Francis Ngano, Cyril Gone. I can't freaking wait, man. I can't remember last time I was this excited for a fight. I'm trying to think. Ah, there's nothing like two really, really good heavyweights. And I, I think the thing, uh, the narrative on this, 
you know, Francis has been in a different fight. Francis has been in a fight with the UFC brass, which is whenever you're going to fight with the UFC brass, you're not going to get the shine you deserve. Uh, take a page out of Woodley's book. You take a page out of uh, like even the Diaz's man. You look at the Diaz's who, um, you know, whenever you get into a dispute with the UFC, they control the narrative, unfortunately. And it's not like Francis has a big podcast and go on and rip off what's really going on. He'll do some interviews with TMZ or an outlet or Markel, his agent at CA, who's a friend of mine. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll do some interviews, but those aren't going mainstream. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the UFC controls the narrative. It's, it's a bit of a shame, a bit of a shame because I, you know, what Francis is trying to do, I, I love the, the message. You know, I think he's saying, hey, pay me what I deserve. Um, you know, he's obviously one of the scariest men to ever enter the octagon. And he, he wants, you know, he sees those paydays from boxing, which is different. I, I think it's weird when guys reference boxing, but um, I don't know how it ends for him. I really don't. Can, can you name a guy who's gone to battle with UFC and has won? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's ever really, really worked out for them. It, it, it's just tough, man, because with the UFC's business model, it's not like it is back in the day where, you know, they based and uh, kind of made their business plan off of superstars where you want to buy the big pay-per-views because that's how they made their net every month and stuff like that. They're good now, man. They're, I don't, they're not in cruise control because they're working their ass off. But as far as the business model, they are in cruise control because they're such a mainstream sport now. They're getting mainstream sponsors. They have the ESPN deal where they have to provide whatever is 40, between 40 and 50 fights a year to them. And those pay-per-views are also on ESPN Plus that you buy on there. So ESPN's covering the nut, man. So they're they're chilling. They're in Teslas and they're in that cruise control and driving around collecting cash. So uh, I think now more so than ever, fighters have it very difficult. And I, I think uh, that's surprising for a lot of people because you'd think the the bigger the names, the more success guys get, the more power they have. I think UFC learned from Conor McGregor. They gave that guy too much power. And uh, although they made a ton of money, I don't think they would change anything. But I don't think they're ever going to let a, another guy get as much power as Conor McGregor has over the UFC. I think they learned their lesson. And, you know, he's made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars off them. Obviously, they've probably made more off him. But um, I think they learned their lesson with him. And I don't know if we will get another Conor McGregor um, anytime soon. So for, for Francis, it's tough, man, because you look at it. Let's look at the two side of things that he's trying to do. Now, when we get to the fight week, we're just going to be talking about fight. I'm going to be talking about this other bullshit, but we have about two weeks to that fight, so let's talk about the business side. With Francis, you, uh, put yourself in Francis Gano's shoes, right? Heavyweight champ, um, you know, beat, beat Stipe, has some of the greatest knockouts in UFC history, uh, opened a new market for them. Um, you look at the champs, you look at um, Izzy, you know, who's uh, African. You look at uh, Kamar Usman, who's African. You look at Francis, who's African. There's obviously a market there. Um, you look at the the gate of Izzy versus Whitaker's, the biggest gate of all time. So there's clearly a demand there in Australia, New Zealand, Africa. And I think they're going to start tapping the resources into Africa. Um, so Francis has definitely kind of paved the way for that. And uh, also Izzy. Um, but you know, so for Francis, he decided not to sign a long-term contract, right? And bank on himself, which completely love. That's what your boy's doing here. I put every dollar I had into Thick Boy and hiring a staff and banking on the team that I have, um, you know, 
making this thing a success. And I think we're on the right track. So I love Francis for that. But you know, when you, when you talk about it, so option a <clears throat> resign with the UFC, you resign with the UFC. It's going to be a six fight deal. Uh, most likely no less than six fights. You're going to get more money based off of if you're holding the title, you're going to get pay-per-view points. And I would assume Francis team assume that he's going to stay champ for very, for a very long time. That being said, you look at Francis Ngannou's payouts when he was champ, when he did fight Stipe, when he did fight, you know, Derek Lewis and these other guys in Overeem, and he definitely wasn't paid what he's worth. But, you know, now in negotiations, I'm sure they're going to pay him more, but he's seeing the money that, and I think this is a good thing, that a Jake Paul is making, that a, a Wilder was making, an Anthony Joshua, a Fury is making. And it's trouble when you start looking at those, those boxers because UFC is a completely different business model, and you can run some trouble with that. So Francis, instead of saying, uh, yeah, I'll, refi- I'll, I'll re-sign with you guys for six years, be the face of the heavyweight division, uh, get your foot in the door into Africa and, and be your guy. Uh, he said, no, I'm going to bank on myself again, which I love. But I, I think as his biz- business manager, if it, <clears throat> if it's legacy, not re-sign with the UFC and banking on yourself can be a little dicey because name someone who that has left the UFC and has gotten more famous and has gotten bigger and received more endorsements. I'll wait because there's there's just UFC is MMA. It just is. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. Uh, if I was my previous employers, they would have edited this out. This is facts. If you're not fighting in the UFC, you're just not considered the best in the world. That's not, And that's not my thing. That's not Chin's thing. That's not Casey's thing. That's just the way it is. If you're not playing the NFL, you're not considered the best quarterback in the world. If you're not playing the NBA, you're not considered the best point guard in the world. Uh, if you're not playing the Premier League or if you're not on the, uh, on the Olympic national team, you're not considered the best fucking whatever goalie in the world. You know what I'm saying? So the UFC sets the standards and they have the biggest hype machine behind them uh, and have the deepest divisions. And there couldn't be a tougher organization to become a champion than the UFC. These other leagues, can their champs compete with the UFC champs? Yeah, I'm sure there's some guys can probably beat some of our champs. But I'm saying from one to 50, if you start at 50, to make it to be the number one guy is damn near impossible. You have to walk through fucking fire like no other organization in the world. And that's why any champion in the UFC is considered the very best, gets the most famous accolades gets the most endorsement money the purse is a little different the purse is a little different and i think that's why francis is gonna obviously decide not to choose option a choose option b fight his last fight with cyril gone his team assumes he's gonna win um again when we get close to the fight i will break that down i, I definitely think france has a great shot to break it down uh to to win that fight definitely his toughest fight by far in his entire career stylistically it's a nightmare for him but he can get it done and i'll tell you how he gets it done but um they assume he's gonna win and then hit the free market now their business plan is when he hits the free market i'm assuming they don't really care about his mma career after that he could go to bellator he could go to ryzen or one championship or you know, PFL or something like that, or bare knuckle for God. I don't know who the fuck signed up to fight France bare knuckle, but there's some dummies out there. 
But once you're out of the UFC, that kind of legacy's over, especially in America and really worldwide, unless you're, you know, balls deep into rising and, uh, you know, the one championship out there and it's just not the UFC, but he's not chasing that. What his team wants is when he leaves, they're chasing a, a Tyson Fury fight, a wilder fight. And why would they chase that? Do they think he's going to win? They might, they might. Um, and he has the power where if he were to catch one of those guys, he could possibly knock them out. But he, I would assume he's a six to 10 to one underdog, especially against Tyson. I would assume he's a four to five to one underdog against Wilder. That's being nice here. So obviously the odds are against him to win those fights. I don't think they care about that. They care about that 30 to $40 million payday. And that's what they're chasing. That's what they're banking on. I think it's scary to bank on that unless, again, I'll have to talk to Markel when I get out of here, unless they have a confirmation from Wilder, Joshua, or Fury that goes, yeah, if you have a UFC contract, we guarantee we'll, we'll, we will fight you. I haven't heard anything of a guarantee. It's a big risk, man. It's a big risk. Now, also, with Turn It Down, and he does beat Cyril Gaon. Maybe the UFC goes, okay, these numbers were fantastic. The pay-per-view numbers are huge. Maybe you do deserve more. Um, but from my understanding, you know, this Francis Ngano and John Jones fight that we've all lust over and that we all are dying to see. It's my number one fight I want to see in the UFC. Um, that didn't happen because of Francis's team. That's what I heard. And obviously John had his issues outside, but take that away. John was willing to fight Francis for the heavyweight title last year, but Francis was in negotiations with the UFC. So that's why he didn't get the fight. And I think the way the media paints the picture is that John Jones wanted to put on weight, take a year off and do all that shit. And uh, he turned on the fight. According to my sources, it was Francis who was waiting to get a bigger deal in order to fight John. He wanted to be paid his worth and the UFC didn't think he was worth that. So, um, you know, if you're Francis, you know, you have option uh, A, where you resign with the UFC, you win this fight, and they pay you a significantly amount more that uh, probably not what you're hoping for, but at least more money than what you've been getting paid. Or B, you turn down that offer and you go test the free agency and you sign a deal with Bellator or Ryzen or one championship or PFL or bare knuckle or something like that. And you have a stipulation in your contract where you can fight Tyson Fury and Wilder and Joshua. And you know, one of those fights will pay you more than any organization in the world. And MMA could possibly pay you win, lose or draw. You're going to get paid. And not only can you get paid, you know, it's a big risk, especially if you can get it done. Not only can you get paid, but you can get paid twice because no one's going to sign a one-fight deal to fight Francis. There's going to be a rematch clause in there at some point because if Francis were to, again, he hits harder than, than anybody not named Deontay Wilder because if Francis were able to land one, which he definitely is capable of, he would knock either of those men out. I mean, either, well, really in the three out, Joshua especially, Wilder, or Fury, I think if he were to land flush, could knock them out, they're not going to let him just ride off in the sunset. There's going to be a rematch. So, you know, you're looking, let's say, let's say, let's be conservative. You're looking at least a, let's say 10 million, which would be a low payday for him to fight one of those guys because it'd be a massive fucking fight, especially if he knocks out Cyril Gunn. For him to fight Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, let's say they pay him 10 million. That's still more money in one night of boxing than he's made his entire UFC career. And if you remember 
when I did uh, hot boxing with Mike Tyson and Francis, Tyson kept saying, man, you need to hire your own lawyer. You need to hire your own lawyer. You need fuck a manager. You, need, you just need a lawyer. And Francis like, dude, I don't make your money. I'm not rich, dude. You keep saying hire your own lawyer. You know, those guys don't work for free. He's like, I don't have that money. Mike's like, you what? He's like, that's the problem. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. But a guy like France, who's the champion of the world, he's not going to hire some big time lawyer and put him on a fucking retaining fee and paying that every month. He's just not, he doesn't make that type of money. Mike Tyson, who was making 20 to $60 million a fight, can't afford to do that. And that guy's getting negotiated. And when you're Mike Tyson, the scariest man on earth at the time, and you know, the fights, you, we knew what were going to happen. You can have just a, a lawyer. Francis isn't there yet, man. So, and he kept, kept saying that. I don't, uh, we, well, I'm not making the type of money you are, dude. I'm not making the type of money. And he kept saying it. Tyson kept doubling down on it. Finally, I was like, Mike, you understand, dude. This is the UFC. I know he's the heavyweight champ, but he's making a fraction of what you made, dude. It makes no sense. Please stop saying that. <laughs> but he just kept doubling down because he's Mike Tyson. So that worked out well. Um, so yeah, I think for Francis, I appreciate uh, him taking matters in his own hands. Um, but but I, I do think uh, UFC guys, and we're going to get to Jake Paul calling out Dana White and, the, and their beef. I, I do think these UFC guys are becoming a little more aware of what boxers are making, guys like Jake Paul are making, and it's creating resentment for big names in the UFC because they're like, hold up, dude. I am 10 times the fucking fire that kid is. He's making how much? And so these guys are willing to, to kind of battle the UFC. Now, at some point, somebody's going to win. It could be Francis. I don't know. I can't recall anybody as of late winning a war with the UFC. It usually never goes good. The good thing is France is such a, a beast and uh, athletically gifted where it's not like, you know, do you remember the best case is remember Roger Huerta? Remember oh, yeah. Roger Huerta? Mm -hmm. I used to train with him. Great guy. Um, he was the first UFC fighter on Sports Illustrated. Remember there was a cage and he was like flying, kicking the guy. It was fucking <clears> sick. <throat> Bring that up, Jen. Mm -hmm. Roger Huerta Sports Illustrated article. And we can use graphics now, but baby. Um, so remember Roger Huerta had the the world by the balls in, in regards to the mixed martial arts uh, sport. He had the look at that too brutal or the future America's fastest growing, most controversial sport. And when, what year what, that says, what May 2007. Is that what that He's says? On the top or bottom? It's right below the sports Illustrated right there. May, okay. Let's see. What's that? Is that a seven? I can't see. Let me look at a different one that's clear. It has to be 2007. Because <clears throat> I was training with him. Not when this came out. I probably trained with him a year or two after. So I, I started training with him in 2009. And he was seeing or dating the girl, the redhead from... What was that show Ashton Kutcher was on? That's the oh, show. There you go. 2007. May, yeah, 28, May 28, 2007. So um, I started I training him. About, yeah, and that's when he fought Leonard Garcia. That was UFC 68. He had the world by the balls. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of the first guy to get that kind of publicity. And yeah, he her. was dating her. And he would bring her to the gym and she was so good looking. Uh, she, she obviously moved on now and good for her. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, shout out to uh, Roger Huerta. But remember, he got too big for his britches, tried battling the UFC. You remember what happened to him? They said, very cool, dude. So remember you were uh, main eventing fight nights and we put you on pay-per-views and stuff? Now what we're going to do is we're going to shelf you. 
because you want to fight out your last two fights. Very cool. And you're going to go test the free agency. Very cool. Well, that's going to hurt our brand. So what we're going to do is you're on this rocket ship. We're going to pull the fuel from that. You're not going to get to the big star you're trying to get to. We're going to take all the jet fuel out of your uh, rocket ship and we're going to bench you. So uh, you're not relevant. And then when you do fight, we're going to put you on the prelims and then we're going to give you the worst possible matchup. Good luck. And it ruined Roger Huerta. It ruined him. No one really ever heard of him after that. Went to Bellator. Fucked, I think he still fuck around one championship, kicking dudes in the face and stuff. He got, shaved his head. He got kicked in the head bad. bad. Like soccer kicked in the mm-hmm. head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, and th- think of Woodley. I mean, and Diaz, they kept on the shelves forever because of their issues. I remember that. And the, but here's the thing. The, the thing that bothers me most about all this is Francis is what, 32? He's in his absolute <clears throat> prime, dude. Go to France and Ghana. Let's get to age real quick. 35. He's 35, even more stressful. So he's 35. Mm-hmm. Go to his fights. So in 2021, he fought once. He's uh, Again, he's in his prime. In 2020, ready? He fought once. And remember, this is all when he starts, nah, hey, man, I need more money. I need more money. He's fighting once. Mm-hmm. He fought twice in 2019. He beat Curtis Blades, Kane Velasquez. God, look at the fucking guys he's beat, man. Curtis Blades, Kane Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, Rosenstruck, Stipe. Now, think about this. In two, you're, you're in the business of paying the bills when you punch guys in the face. That's, that's your MO. That's how you make your monthly nut. Your yearly income is based off punching other grown men in the face in a steel cage, and the UFC gives you a paycheck. In 2020, he worked for 20 seconds. 20 seconds. 20 seconds against Rosenstruck. And in 2021, granted it's a pandemic, he worked for five minutes and 52 seconds. So in two years, he's worked a barely over six minutes. That's not a way to get better and create a legacy. So what happens, man? And then also remember is Stipe and the, and the DC stuff slowed things down, if you remember that. And then remember the Brock Lesnar stuff. DC was going to fight Brock. Like, remember all that stuff? And then Stipe, because it kind of fucked up Stipe's income yeah. too, man. So he's rolling the dice. He's rolling the freaking dice, man. And I hope it works out. And I, I think for him, the home run would be getting the Fury and the Wilder and the Joshua fights, and hopefully that ha- comes to fruition because one of those fights will change your life forever, and that's all he's banking on. Because, listen, he fights Cyril Gaon, doesn't change his life forever. He's hoping in negotiations, if he fights John, it changes his life forever, and hopefully the UFC pays up, but doesn't sound like they're going to because, again, their business model isn't predicated off superstars anymore. It's just based off of number of fights. How many fights can they provide for ESPN to get that yearly nut? And they're doing that. Whether Francis fights, Stipe fights, Diaz fights, Connor fights, Pore fights, Izzy fights, Amanda Nunes fights, Julian Pena, they don't give a fuck, dude. That's not, they, they, they were smart. They went, all right, these guys got too much control. We got to make it about the UFC brand, just like the NFL does. No player in this world, including Tom Brady, is bigger than the NFL Shield. Nobody. No coach is more famous. 
also, what's interesting about the UFC is when you watch a fight, it has to be one of the only sports in the world where the two guys on the outside of the cage are the most famous men in the building, Joe Rogan and Dana White. Mm-hmm. Two guys not getting punched in the face. It's the only sports business model where the two guys outside the cage that aren't competing are more famous than anybody that enters that octagon. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Good for them. It's crazy, though. Another sports like that. Like Adam Silver is not more famous than LeBron James. Roger Goodell's not more famous than Tom Brady. Those guys get booed left and right. Dana's not getting booed, dude. Dana's on the Full Send podcast and you know doing all this shit. And it's brilliant. Those, those guys he has surrounded by him, they're brilliant, man. Mm-hmm. They keep him current. He's on TikTok dancing and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the MLB guy, I don't know who the fuck it is. He's not famous. Mm-hmm. But the UFC owner, super famous. He's marking. He's all around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not hating on it. Good for him, man. Good for him. So France is playing a, an interesting game. And if you're a fan of fighters, you want him to win. And the way he wins is by knocking out Cyril Ghosn, uh January 22nd. And you'll be watching that on YouTube, Thick Boy Channel, with Chris Stefano, Chris D'Elia, Brian Kell, and myself. We're all going to celebrate. And I will say, you know, I looking at Cyril Ghosn and the way he moves and stuff like that, and I think a lot of people are putting too much emphasis on the, the, the sparring footage that was released. I don't, I don't care about any of that. I, I, I don't give a flying fuck about any sparring footage. Um, if you remember when Kamar Usman was going to fight Gilbert Burns, I had people from ATT, I had managers going, dude, I'm telling you, practice, Gilbert fucks him up. Okay, that's cool. I don't care, man. The, you were talk, we're talk, to quote Alan Ashton, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice? Because I know I've never seen a single person fuck up Kamaral Usman when the lights are hot and the cameras are rolling. Not never. Not never. Also, never seen anybody besides a man named Stipe fuck up Francis Ngannou. I was there in Boston live when uh, Stipe really went to town. Now, also in that fight, I think it changed Stipe's uh, DNA, the way he moves, the quality of life forever because of the shots he ate trying to get Francis down. He ate some fucking shots. I don't think his chin's ever been the same. He ate some motherfucking shots, the best shots, and kept going and mopped the floor with with Francis. But I think by France, you know, Francis at the time, People who were very close friends told me his head got too big. He thought he was untouchable. Thought he was going to steamroll through Stipe. Uh, I think Dana might have said this on record, but as he's walking to the octagon, he told Dana, get the private jet ready. <laughs> While he's walking to the octagon to fight Stipe in Boston, he goes, make sure you get that private jet gassed up. I'm going to knock this dude out, get, jump on that private jet. And Dana's like, okay, Stipe's pretty good. <laughs> So I think him going through that experience has made Francis a way better fighter, a way better fighter, more experienced. And I actually think that experience is going to pay off against Cyril Gaon because if you look at who's been in bigger fights when it counts, it's not even close. The biggest fight that Cyril Gaon has been in is probably that Derek Lewis fight. And that, that was a, a UFC 265 pay-per-view. And that's when, that was for an interim belt. He looked phenomenal in that fight. I'll give him that. But prior to that, you're talking really fight nights, first fight on the pay-per-view, you know, uh, Junior Dos Santos, he beat older Junior, right? Uh, Rosenstruck went decision with, Volkov decision, 
Um, so he's beat some quality guys, but I'm talking the lights are hot, all the pressure's on the table. Francis has walked through that fire and passed that test many, many of times, and that experience says a lot, man. Because you, you look at uh, Francis, man. So he's been the main event. Um, shit. You look at the main event. Uh, was he the main event against Alistair Overeem? I don't think so. No. Not UFC 218. Obviously, he was the, the talk of the town because that uppercut from fucking mm-hmm. the Congo that he fucking bent down and just uppercut his face off. One of the best knockouts of all time. So he just absolutely destroys Alistair Overeem, gets pretty beat up by Stipe. Then you get the Derek Lewis fight. He learned from that one. Curtis Blaze, he smokes in 45 seconds. Cain Velasquez, he absolutely smokes in 26 seconds. But again, he's the main event for Blades in Gano. Uh, he's the main event for Ingano Cain Velasquez. He's the ma- main event. For Ingano Dos Santos, he's the main event. And then uh, UFC 249, uh, Francis versus Rosenstrike, he's the big boy there, 20 seconds. <clears throat> then Aussie fighting arguably the best heavyweight of all time, Stipe. He KOs him in the second round. Um, when you're the main event, it's just a different type of pressure. And I usually side with a guy with experience who's battle-tested. And when you look at their power, Francis, if, if this is a video game, is a 10. Sarah Gon is about a 7. Now, if he hits your flesh, he's a heavyweight, he's a big athletic guy, he's quick, he's going to knock you out. But I would be willing to bet Francis can make some mistakes, get hit, go, I'm not going to do that again, and the fight continues. Sarah Gon can make no mistakes for 25 minutes inside that gun. If Francis lands one single punch, that fight is over. And that's scary. That's very scary. So uh, I'm rooting for Francis. I think it's a, a nightmare of a matchup for him. But I like that Cyril Gaon has to be in there for 25 minutes with the arguably the hardest hitter of all time in the UFC. And I, I don't know what the odds are, but I will give my official prediction the week of the fight. Probably do it on the Shab Shorts, where that's just more content where – seven, eight-minute video breaking down the specific fight. I would assume uh, Saragon is a slight favorite, maybe? Minus 120 favorite for... Ngano's minus 120. Yeah. That's super close odds, though. Gano's plus that's damn near even money. Yeah. For an MMA fight, that's even... And that's... Compl- I'm completely fine with that. He opened it as a minus 190, but... Mm-hmm. That's even money. Great fight. Yep. Great fight. Yeah, I, I don't care about that uh, training footage. I just don't. Because you, you have no idea. Like, we don't know if before that, Francis was doing the Shark Tank rounds, where those of you that are not familiar with Shark Tank, Shark Tank is um, Francis, let's say, would stay inside the octagon during training, and a fresh guy would come in every five minutes while Francis stays in his tire. So did Francis... Run sprints before that. Did he, you know, did he do a shark tank where he's exhausted and Saragon's fresh because he's the new kid on the block comes in. They don't know how good he is. Is I got a lot of questions. So I never put too much in that training footage. Never, 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 never. Even when we had uh, Homeboy on uh, from Brazil. What's his name? Uh, Vicente Luque. Oh. We had Vicente Luque and he goes, yeah, uh, Kamaro beat my ass in training. But anyone really knows training really doesn't matter. Unless... 
you're a grappler. Let's say you're a grappler and your takedown is your thing and you predicate yourself on getting takedowns and you use your best takedown and that guy, you can't get the guy down. That is when it will fuck with you. You're like, shit, I can't get him down. Can't, he's seen it. I've given my best shot. Can't get him down. If you're a grappler and that's your only, like that's your bread and butter and you know the guy's takedown defense really get good, that will fuck with you. Mm -hmm. But this training footage, that does nothing for Francis. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's bit shit to release it. I'm curious who released it. <laughs> Unwritten rule, right? Well, it's probably written. They talk about all the time not to release footage. Yeah, spark footage. Talking about practice. <laughs> so DraftKings shows Francis is a minus minus one hundred five, and Cyril is a minus one fifteen. Ooh, and that's all we care about. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Jack Hermerson, Sean Strickland. I can't wait for my boy yeah. Sean Strickland to get back in there. <laughs> Crazy dude. We gotta get Sean Strickland on a food <clears throat> truck, Casey. Mm -hmm. We got our first first food truck on Thick Boy. Is it next week? We shoot on the 14th. Big guest. I'll wait till the week of, but yeah, big guest for that one. That's going to cool. be fun. All right, Jim, what do you got? Uh, oh, real quick. When you were talking about um, Francis, I remember Woodley. Remember when, when he was on top of the world and he was always back and forth with Dana and the UFC. And then later on, he was saying, if there's one thing I regret, it's doing that. Yeah, because it wasted so much time and energy. It's and so energy. much energy yep. and time and all the headlines, the headlines aren't about you beating guys up and your next matchup. The headline is you versus the UFC. And then you can get some support, but eventually if that's just the narrative over and over, fans are like, come on, dude. At the end of the day, fans, listen, if it shows you make $50,000 to fight, they're like, dude, shut the fuck up. You have 50 grand. It's a ton of money. It's like, it's not though for those guys yeah. for, in the grand scheme of things. All right. All right. So the rumors are, this is a reporter or writer for BJPen.com. He said that the Tyron Woodley, Jake Paul, two fight boxing match only generated 65,000 pay-per-view buys. Terrestrial, which means just TV, yeah. not including streaming. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this because if, you know, I think that guy worked for DAZN who released that. Those yeah, numbers. yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked for DAZN, so it's a competing kind of outlet. Um, you know, DAZN doesn't get shit out for how long? And then they're going to get these numbers before, yeah. you know, showtime. Um, and also it's terrestrial. So, like, I bought on my phone. So I'm sure it's not counting no, those. that's streaming. And you think of the Jake Paul fans. How many are sitting down at a TV and watching it? Um, so scroll down. Mm -hmm. uh, so this guy at uh, Stephen Molhausen, mm -hmm. at S. Molenhausen Jr., um, someone said completely believable add on digital buys. You're looking at around hundred K the act is wearing thin, which is why he's begging for USC for access to the stars. They invested tens of million to cultivate. Says the Vi at fight Oracle. So this guy put this is a fair argument. Only other things that come to mind are one, no one wanted to see a rematch. I agree with that Two, That was the sixth combat sport pay-per-view in six weeks. Agree. Or, you know, money's tough. Um, they have four box and two UFC. I don't think boxing really affects that, though, to be honest. Um, and it and it is overpriced. So there's some argument there, but um, the six pay per views in six weeks, the, the boxing ones doesn't affect this. I, I you know the 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 MMA community is not really paying for those boxing ones. The Jake Paul fans sure as fuck ain't paying for those boxing ones. I just, but I also think, you know, them saying that the low numbers is the way you can attack Jake, because how else can you attack him? He's knocking these guys out. 
he's taken the world by the balls. He's kind of the the cheat code in this old old business model of boxing, and he's put it on its head. So it's the popular thing to do to say, "Oh, it's it's getting low. It's not. He's not doing well. You got to be careful with that stuff." So when I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, sixty five seems pretty low." If it's just TV, I can kind of believe it because I think I would. So that so the guy below him put uh, the fight oracle goes. You know, with non-terrestrial TV numbers, you're looking over 100k. You know, I, I think it's more in the 120 to 130 thousand buys, which still isn't great. Because what the last one do? What the first one do? Jake said over 500,000. I think there's something to be said that. You know, I, I wasn't too excited about this rematch. You know yeah. what, dude? So real quick, just a correction. So that yeah, you're right. It's a zone writer. I mixed it up with the BJPen.com for streaming. No, he's a straight zone yeah, guy. Yeah. So you're talking about a competitive streaming service shitting mm-hmm. on another one. Yeah, and also I read something on MMA Fighting where they also have sources, and they're saying it's it's supposed to be way more than that. So something's off. I would go more. Towards MMA fighting. Yeah, of course. Because I don't, I've never heard of this guy. And he works for DAZN. Mm-hmm, writer for DAZN. Yeah, and DAZN, you don't know, you know, talk about a, the Titanic of fight leagues. When we talk about a cracked ship. When it comes to fighting, I, th- I think they have their hand in the uh, the battles. Mm-hmm. And this is Jake here. So Jake put the pay-per-view number, rumors are complete bullshit. I said complete, but he says rumors are bullshit. First fight with Wooly, we sold 500K+. plus. Numbers for this one are still rolling in, but look, still looking positive. Not my best business night, but remember, everyone wanted to see me versus Fury, and that's what we sold. Shout out to Showtime for Ryan with me and all the fighters on the card, and for Woodley for not being a bitch like most of these fighters are. And there's MMA fighting. Coming from a split decision, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not buying the 65000 Just not in any facet. Yeah. That's just, that's insanely low. From 565, yeah. and then they're like, yeah, because the there's so many boxing pay-per-views. It's like, no one's watching that, dude. <clears throat> and Chael Sonnen said something on a, I don't know if it's a podcast, but he said something like, one of the reasons he think it could be is because the first fight was on a Sunday, and this was on a Saturday. So people thought it was going to be on a Sunday, some, <laughs> something like that. Now, these are guys just, I mean, literally, it's a cool thing to do to shit on Jake Paul. I, and I get it. I completely get it. I'm not buying 65000 no at all i bet it, I, I bet it was around high hundreds probably t- i bet after all send in 200 yeah i'll be fair 100 200 sounds more right. like at least 100 good. at least uh, 100. 100 i would bet my last dollar yeah. that he did over 100 all righty well you know about this already but dana white and jake paul have been going back and forth issuing challenges to each other and yeah, Dana White started with this one because apparently Jake yeah, where Paul did it kept start? Saying, Dana calling him out? He called him out because he, Jake Paul says that Dana White does cocaine. Okay. All right, so then Dana White responded with this. And did he tweet this out or he put a video out? Um, I think it was in, Instagram. Okay, so Dan put, I got a challenge for Jake Paul. Th- this guy keeps saying that I'm a cokehead. He can randomly cocaine test me for the next 10 years. If I can randomly steroid test him for the next two. two. <laughs> 10 versus Interesting. two. Yeah. And Jake didn't really respond to that challenge. He just gave him another challenge. But happy new year, Dana White. Here's a real challenge for you. I will immediately retire from boxing and fight Jorge Masvidal in the UFC. If you agree to increase the minimum pay fighter to 50K, it's 12K right now. 
Guarantee UFC fighters 50% of UFC annual revenues, $1 billion in 2021, the best year ever. Provide long-term health care to all fighters. You previously said brain damage is part of the gig. Imagine the NFL said that. There are many UFC alums who have publicly said they are suffering from brain damage. Facts. You have five days to accept and to implement the above by March 31st. Once impl- implemented, I will immediately retire from boxing, enter USA uh, USADA, and agree to a one-fight deal with the UFC and fight Weak Chin George. To all UFC fighters, time to take a stand and create value for yourselves and peers. You deserve higher pay, you deserve long-term health care, and above all, you deserve freedom. Support each other. I'm not your enemy. I'm your advocate who selfishly wants to KO a few of you to make some big bank. Fair point. Um, and then there's videos, right? Yeah, so Dana White, <laughs> I'll just play this entire video. It's not that long. Jake, you never responded to the challenge. You publicly stated that I use cocaine. I do not. So I told you, you could randomly cocaine test me for the next 10 years. Yeah, I don't think Danny uses cocaine. I believe that you're a cheater, and I believe that you use steroids. So I want to randomly steroid test you for the next two years. And that thing that you came out with today, nobody on earth thinks that you really wrote that. You're too stupid. And for those of you that don't know, if you've ever watched one of his fights and you see when they do the stare down, the guy that's standing in the middle with the warlock nose and the big warlock ward on his face, <laughs> apparently that's his manager. And that guy used to be an accountant for me. And let's just say this. He no longer works for me, and I think he's a scumbag. But if you two think that you can do it better than we do, uh, you know, we're doing this whole thing wrong. You could treat the fighters better than we do. Knock yourself out. Go start your own business. It's easy to do. Go get the warlock on it. The warlock can get it started for you. What you and the warlock should be focused on is your business. You're tanking. You can't sell pay-per-views. You know, no, yeah, you're calling out Jorge Masvidal because he's a pay-per-view superstar. Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, Mike Tyson. These are all superstars. You're not. You can't sell pay-per-views, so... You do whatever the hell you want to do. I'm ready to roll, buddy. I don't use cocaine. Do you use steroids? Let's do this, Jake. Jake. Let me see Jake's. I mean, hold on. There's a bunch of stuff here, so. Do we have the Jake video, though? We have some of them, yeah. It's probably on his Instagram. I have it here. Yeah, let me see, let me see his Instagram. Hold up. It's he on made, here. like, a straight-up video with, like, edits and shit. Hold on, let me load this again. The Brinks truck. I think Chris was the first one to do that. So there's a part one and a part two. Let's do part one first. My my response to Daniel's embarrassing Mm -hmm. response. Responded to the challenge. <laughs> Dana, I accepted every part of your challenge. I said I would fight Masvidal in MMA. Steroid test me whenever the fuck you want. It is two weeks after my fight, and I am a fat bitch. I don't do steroids, and I take it as a compliment because there's no other excuse to me knocking out all of your champions than this kid does steroids. Look at me. <laughs> 
a fat bitch. If you steroid test me, then I want to steroid test every one of your fighters. Ooh, you <laughs> will you? I use cocaine. I'm in St. Bart's, <laughs> one of the nicest beaches in the world. You're ruining my vacation. We were on a yacht party last night, Meat Mill, Drake, everybody, Mike Tyson going crazy. You have been caught with cocaine and hookers every other week. I use cocaine. Oh, and you think that, you? like, with all the money that you have, like, billionaire or some shit, that you would get some fucking Botox? Because your forehead looks like a motherfucking GPS Google map. <laughs> like, all the lines in it and shit. <laughs> I use cocaine. And you say Masvidal <laughs> is a pay-per-view superstar. Let's go to his last Instagram post. 5,000 likes or 10,000 likes or some shit. Do you realize that my mom, Pam, gets more likes than your pay-per-view superstars? Men lie. Women lie. Dana White lies. Numbers don't. Do you want to talk shit about my manager who is the CFO of your company that helped you sell it to Endeavor? Four billion dollars? Guy that's standing in the middle. Apparently that's his manager. And that guy used to be an accountant for me. You're just a jealous, ugly fuck. You don't know what true happiness is. You're the definition of a fucking unhappy billionaire who dude. thought that money was going to make their lives better. I feel bad for you. I use cocaine. Long story short, you address nothing that I said. I accepted your challenge. I said I would fight MMA. I said that I would retire from boxing, and you avoided all of that shit. Hold on. Also, instant replay, there was a fucking UFO in the back of this video. Side note. Joe Rogan, aliens, we're all fucked. It shows that you are in a corner. You're a dog in a corner trying to fight to save his whole company and the embarrassment that I've put you through. Everybody sees it. And what you can't accept or love or appreciate is that I'm trying to change the sport forever. And you are one of the most selfish captains. Oh, there, uh, yeah, 40 seconds. Are one of the most selfish, capitalistic motherfuckers that I've ever seen. And everybody else needs you, Dana. I'm the only person that doesn't need you. And I don't give a fuck about you. But all these people, all your fighters, all of them, they can't say shit because you'll just bench them. You met your maker. I'm not going to stop. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I use cocaine. The bottom line, Dana, is that you won't add health care for your fighters because you don't give a fuck about them. And you're too much of a greedy bitch to pay your minimum fighter more than $12,000 dollars for risking their lives which what a janitor makes you need to pay them fifty thousand dollars dana stop avoiding my points are one of the most there you oh, go oh man so this is what happens when how old's dan damn near 60 let's be in the 50s <laughs> what yeah, no, dude. it'd be 50 something right i'm saying maybe early 50s or late 40s I i'm saying it has to be 50 let's see 51 52. 52. So Dana's fit. So this is what happens when a 52 year old decides to attack uh, and go at a guy in Jake Paul who literally, literally has the YouTube social media world by the fucking balls. So Dana's video, Dana's video is, it's like, you know, if my dad FaceTime, like, I don't need to see up your nose. So it's like a bad lighting. He's clearly like in his mansion or whatever. It's just bad lighting. It, he and he doesn't address anything that Jake asked for, right? So it's like he's kind of rambling a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then Jake goes, he's obviously in St. Bart's with partying for New Year's. And someone tells him, Dana Post, he goes, What? He ha he shoots this video, sends it to his team, who all they do is make content and cut and create, and literally just wrecks Dana White in this because he's using graphics and references and edits him saying, I use cocaine. It's like, 
This is a, a 10-6 round for Jake Paul, man. Easily. Easily. So for Dana, it, it doesn't do him any justice. It, again, it keep, again, Dana's the most famous person in the UFC because he does this stuff and he, he actually enjoys it, and which is fine. I have, I have no issue with that. But it's like if you're going to jump in this pool, have the team ready to go because you know you're fucking with these millennials, man. Like when even fighters, these younger fighters, when they talk shit, it's so ugly, man. There's like they pull no cards. There's no the rules of baseball. The rules of fighting are out the window with these young kids, man. And for Jake Paul, especially in Logan Paul, they it's just the 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 markers are off, man, and they're, they're willing to go and do whatever it takes. And their team is the best in the world at editing and doing these things. So you're taking Dana, who is video, you know, a little rambly. It's one take. It's the shots from his nose up. It's like a Blair Witch <laughs> Project type of view. And Jake Paul's on vacation and spitting facts, and they're throwing up the, the graphics, and it's just so much more produced, and his points – a lot more cleaner. So it's a 10-6 round for Jake Paul. If I'm Dana, this isn't, I mean, we're talking about it, so I get it, but this isn't the route you want to do. go. But also, I think with Dana doing this and him addressing Jake Paul, it only makes Jake Paul bigger. It only makes him, it's building this momentum for Jake Paul. So he's playing to the exact hand that Jake Paul wants. And is Jake Paul, is he ever going to get steroid tested? No. Is Dana ever going to go, okay, Jake, I'll do that, and then you test me for cocaine, and I'll pay fighters more. Is that ever happening? No. But in hindsight, there's not one person that watches Jake Paul's video and doesn't go, has some points. And it's entertaining and funny. It's, too, it was, yeah. that was, it was real quick. That was <laughs> a fucking that was, UFO. That was good. Yeah, that was good. 10-6 for Jake <clears> Paul. <throat> yeah, this isn't a – you're playing a game, man, and you're playing it with the, the guys who have a team who specialize in this, you know? Like Dana's a little bit out of his lane in this, and that that video can the the difference between those two videos can show more there to a fifty two year old man trying to compete with a twenty whatever he is yeah. kid, and he he was born on the YouTube. I was born on the YouTube. You know what I'm saying? He's like Bane. He's born in the YouTube, born in the darkness, man. He's he thrives in that. So Dana's jumping into that, and they're editing it and fucking him, making him look stupid. It's bad angles. It's clowning the. <laughs> you know the wrinkles in his forehead google maps, google maps. <laughs> that was a good video yeah 10-6 yeah. jake yeah. paul okay just we'll get off the paul brothers in a sec but so logan paul says that floyd mayweather never paid him for the fight right six months later still hasn't got paid for the fight weird yeah um according to daily star floyd mayweather earned so much from logan paul fight he could buy jeff bezos jet Paul fought Mayweather last year in, in what could only be considered a novelty fight extravaganza, responded thusly on social media. Great word, Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the dirty little rat hasn't paid me yet. It's been six months, and Happy New Year to you, sir. But no worries, Floyd Mayweather. Paul added, KSI are going to make back the money you stole from me and more January 4th. So he just hasn't paid them. That's what he's saying. That's what he's claiming. And remember, well, I'm Floyd, sure he hasn't been paid because he yeah, got paid. There's of no course. Story. Yeah. But uh, Floyd also remember when he first signed this fight, he's like, I'm going to, it's like a bank robbery kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. I don't know how much that, you know. That's not good. Yeah. And that Showtime produced it, but it was a, a, a Money Mayweather. Probably a yeah, promotion, promotion or whatever. So yeah. they control all the, the, the money. So that's a bad look on Floyd's part. Hmm. Yeah, you got to pay him for God's sakes. Yeah. But Logan Paul KSI really? I just barely found that out today. So apparently, 
they're going to announce the fight that they're doing, the third fight on January 4th, which is tomorrow. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Another fight I don't want to see. I just, honestly, same. At least the YouTubers want to see it. I don't, I don't know. They did enormous, I think, the first time, or the first and second, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, this is Tony Ferguson saying that he has a fight with Chandler, but then uh, Chandler's de- uh, delaying it, like not signing it or whatever. So Chandler was responding to someone else. Chandler responded to someone that asked, like, if you were going to fight Connor, would you strike or wrestle? And he goes, oh, it's strike. And then sure, Ferguson, sure. yeah, Ferguson wrote this underneath. Here's my bitch at Mike Chandler MMA. The brass Dana White relayed your message saying you would be ready to fight me in April or June. Looks like you're trying to delay that ass whooping. I owe you for cutting in line, kid. It's wrestling season, motherfucker. Man up, champ. That's I would watch gif. the shit out of that fight. Yeah. Um, it's a tough fight for Tony. Exactly, dude. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And then did uh, Chandler. Yeah. Oh, Tony. There's only a handful of guys in this game I truly respect. You're one of them. Only because you're... Tenure, not your stature, or your current presence in the division. I'll beat you from bell to bell. Pray for merciful ref. We shall see if this fight happens. I think for Chandler, right? His last fight was uh, the title fight, right? Yeah. Or I'm he, blanking right now to say it. Oliveira, he got dropped. Oh, no, by Justin Oliveira. Gaethje. Yeah. He got dropped by. He got, oh, yeah. So he yeah that was a great fight with Justin Gaethje. Yeah. So, yeah. Great fight with Chandler. Great fight with Gaethje, but he's 0 2. So I think he wanted to do, he was hoping for a Dustin Poirier fight, but Poirier's trying to get the Diaz fight. So I think Chandler's just waiting it out to see if he gets the Poirier fight if the Diaz fight falls out. Mm. That's all he's doing. But Chandler versus fucking Ferguson, sign me up. Very tough fight for Tony, though. <clears throat> yeah. In his current. That's, seriously, that's like probably one of the worst matchups I'd imagine. Yeah. night in the office. But um, you never know. Yeah, you never know. So speaking of Diaz, there's the other Diaz brother, Nick Diaz. Dana White pretty much openly said that he doesn't think Nick even wants to do it. It's like going to work and bumper to bumper traffic. He has to do it. So that's yeah. why he wants to fight. Yep. Yeah. So he sh- he's saying he shouldn't fight again. Yeah. The, the rumor is he, he owes someone money. I, I get, it gets dark. Wow. Yeah. It gets really dark. Now that these are all rumors, of course, rumors. He did it to pay something back. It, yeah. He doesn't want to do it, but he mm-hmm. has to. So regardless of how good he looked or what he did uh, after such a huge layoff, I don't think Nick should fight. It's not that I was in fi- that I was in favor of it. He's a grown man, can do whatever he wants to do. I just don't think that Nick does it because he loves it. I think does it, Nick does it because he has to do it. I don't know, man. People always ask me, what's the key to success? It's all about being happy and doing what you love. Mm-hmm. And then when I was talking about the people who sit in bumper, bumper traffic and go to a job they hate, that's what I feel like Nick Diaz when he's getting ready for a fight. White said he's in bumper to bumper traffic going to a job that doesn't that he doesn't love at all. It's actually fascinating. But for a guy that's been off as long as he has, nothing but respect for Nick. I agree with him. Uh, yeah, you kind of have to, right? He doesn't look like he ever wants to. Yeah, rumor, rumor is, yeah, that's the dark web rumor. He, he, he owed some money. money. Yep. Well, that's, that's But shitty. hopefully not. Hopefully he's just doing it because he wanted to get back in there. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. Yeah, and it was weird because he looked super good. Remember in his Instagram photos when he was like getting cut up, but yeah. then when he showed up for the fight. Different. Yeah, yeah like what the know. hell happened? I don't know. Yeah, it's all, it's all fascinating. <clears throat> all right, your boy Sugar Sean O'Malley. He made a video going to Walmart and handing people $100 bills or $100. Love Sugar Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. So he was handing out $100 cash to strangers at Walmart for, for Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> which is a very nice act, you know? Hell yeah, that's great, man. But his one of his rivals, Cheeto, another great guy, Cheeto Marlon Vera, he, uh, he, <laughs> he goes this. You don't need a camera guy to help you. I love Cheeto. I just talked yeah. to him yesterday. But you don't need a camera guy to help you, you piece of shit. shit. <laughs> just simple as that, dude. Then scroll down. Uh-huh. 
he put, yeah, giving out money. Some people didn't like it. I said, at least one guy tweeted something like, you give money out, uh, you give money out without, you don't need a camera guy. What was it? Well, first of all, it's my sister. She's a girl. Don't be sexist. Girls can record videos too. No respect. All right. You don't need a camera guy to help people, you piece of shit. I know uh, that, to be honest, I was actually taken back by that. I thought if I did, did it without recording it, the people I gave it to wouldn't care. But for the people I give $100 to had to have a camera there for them to care. So that was my fault, and I actually learned something today. I gave homeless guy 20 bucks. I didn't record it. He didn't care. Maybe he's on to something. Maybe I'm on maybe I'm to something. I don't know. I thought it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I had a good feeling in my heart giving money to those people. Still feel like a good pe- person, even if I'm a piece of shit. Still felt like a good person. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude, it's... Eh. How are you going to hate on a guy giving out money to people? I mean, if you, if you want to film it, I mean, that's cool. I know. I always had a weird feeling about that, but th- at the end of the day, you're helping people, so that's what matters the end most. of the day, those people, whether you record or not, still got $100 yeah. cash, which for a lot of people is a big deal. You and know? you're also inspiring people to do the same thing. So even though like it and might people be- People hate on, did you give $100? I know. If you did then, and didn't film it, then you can talk shit. But did you give out $100? <laughs> you didn't? Yeah, yeah. It's you a weird thing. I'm a little torn, but yeah. at the end of the day, you're helping people. Correct. That's what matters the most, yeah. Okay, so Sean O'Malley says that, you know, Connor obviously did the proper 12 that you talked about earlier. So he wants to do the same type of thing with marijuana, which sounds like it's a perfect match, right? Yeah, take it from your boy here, the, the whiskey game, what Connor did. He has some smart guys on his team with the distribution stuff like that, and that's half the battles, the distribution. And you said it was a beast. We just everything, right? Yeah. Super beast yeah. to go through all that. And then with the laws and regulations of alcohol getting each state and, you know, worldwide, it's a, it's a, it's a beast, man. And, you know, I don't, I don't have the connection to get done. So, uh, thank God I have the team that I have. And Connor has a very smart team around him who got that done. Now we talk about marijuana, same thing. You're talking about federal laws. You're talking about marijuana. It's legal in some States, not legal in other States. So you have to get with the right business partner. Um, I do think that could be a huge business for sugar. Sean, I can't believe someone hasn't come to the Diaz brothers and created a Diaz brother strain. They do a CBD, I think, but I don't know about strains. I'm yeah. talking yeah, like yeah. straight up Mike Tyson farm style. Because mm-hmm. if the Diaz and Sugar Sean got together, they could do some oh, special damn. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know anybody who wouldn't take them on. And I'm sure you, I'm sure we all know people that have been in the weed game. Like the ones I know of, they're so freaking rich. Like so they're rich. They're rich and most of them, are, they're not like you would think. You know, I don't know what you guys think when we think of marijuana. But it's not like there are these potheads. No, no, no. The people I know who make bank and marijuana are like straight businessmen. Business, and yep. it's no different than, you know, hustling fucking painkillers or T-shirts or shoes. Or they're just businessmen. And they see the upside of it and they get invested. And when you get a business guys of sharks, they, they have the connections to do it worldwide. And that that's when you're, you know, selling for $100 million. Yeah. And also weed is not like, you know, painkillers are terrible but weed awesome. is actually good you know for a lot of people Correct. it's really and good tons so. of people use it and mm-hmm. it's, it's sanctioned in a lot of states yep but yeah when you get an alcohol sales man <laughs> it's too, you're talking about this thing, getting the texas alcohol commission to florida to new york to california california is the toughest but it's my home state compared to denver compared to montana it's just everywhere's yeah. different but it's a dope whiskey, and that's like one of the coolest freaking labels. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's gonna, yeah. Tell me it's not the best looking up. I honestly think it is. Come on, dog. <laughs> uh, real quick one about Sean O'Malley as well. Cody Garbrandt says that he would want him to be his next fight, <coughs> even though he went moved down to one twenty five. He said his next fight he want he'll go back to one thirty five. That's why I said after Cody 
lost, you know, which was heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, now more so than ever, it makes m- the most sense for each guy. Yeah. For Sh- Sugar Sean, who, you know, he has the one loss Cheeto, but coming off two big victories. Um, for Cody Garbrandt, obviously he's fallen on tough times, but still former champ, still a big name. Everyone wants to say Cody hasn't fought anybody or say Sugar Sean hasn't fought anybody. Cody Garbrandt's still ranked, I think, top 10. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a great fight. Tough fight for both guys, I think. It's a tough fight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we were just talking about Sean Strickland. He said something else crazy, as per usual. He said if he had a a gay son, Mm. then he has failed as a man. But then he's responding to someone on Twitter. So this guy asked this. Sean, would you rather have a gay son or a thought daughter? He put, if I had a gay son, I would think I failed as a man to create such weakness. If I had a whore for a daughter, I think she just wanted to be like her dad. He's being funny. <laughs> He's being funny. He's been funny. Then obviously they're going to run with it. And then he did. Listen, this gay men are great. I support them in their choice, freedom. Gays have made it. Most gays I know are always happy. They all just get to hang with buddies all day and have sex. A straight man, we're fucked. We got to do something <laughs> serious work to get laid. Not fair. Yeah, I agree. And that's part of my bit, man. How much easier my life would be if I was <laughs> gay as shit. Um, yeah, I think Sean's being funny there. That's all that is. Yeah, yeah. I won't break it down too much. He's just being funny there. Exactly. If, if he just tweeted that out, just this is how I feel. No one asked him a question. That'd be It'd tough. be a little different. Yeah. It'd be tough. All righty. Um, oh, this is another crazy one. So this guy used to fight in the UFC. His name is Hori Payne. Right, anyways, he used to fight in the UFC. And he said the way that he got his money to start martial arts is by doing sex work in Japan with another dude. Like had to jack him off. Damn. He was I feel just like yeah. there's other ways to make money. And plus he just he has like fourteen something thousand followers. He just he was just being honest, he just opened up about it. On what? Huh? On Instagram? Yeah, on his uh, Twitter. Um uh, Japanese star twenty six just he was talk, talked in a painful experience by a friend five years ago. It keeps going down. Mm-hmm. At just 21, the buddy, budding martial artist claimed he went through uh, with the act to earn 130 pounds, more than he would have pocketed in two days at his part-time job to help kickstart his career. I mean, how bad do you want it, man? Uh, sharing the story with his 14,000 Twitter followers, he claims, five years ago when I was with a friend, I was told that I could get money for a sex act in Shibuya. 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 Mm-hmm. I followed him. I was told to hide my face. I was deceived in various ways. I didn't have the money and really wanted to do martial arts on my own. Um, he got 20,000 or Yen. 130 pounds in less than an hour, but it's it pretty, pretty big. big. <laughs> uh, I was able to start martial arts a short time. You see the amount of two days part-time work that I do for eight hours while standing. Uh, nicknamed the rising star called the experience painful, but was happy to be able to chase his dreams. Continue. It's pretty painful now, but as long as I'm alive, I can chase my dreams. And I like women, dude, mm-hmm. but I like women. I like women. <laughs> I've earned the money to live, to do martial arts. He's eight and two, five KOs. He lost his last fight. Oh, that was a 20 He's won though. the last three fights in Rise, including a victory mm-hmm. over Nakata last month. Good for him. Yeah. So, I mean, he just opened up about it. Yeah, I mean, I did. I just wanted to fucking fight. Now, are we sure it was just to jack the guy off? That's. Who said that? I, I, I heard it somewhere. Someone wrote an article that said he was just. <laughs> I don't know if guy. someone's paying that much just for a hand job. You that's like 130, uh, 130 I pounds. I don't know how much that is. I think that's almost $300, right? Let's see. 175. I'm sorry about United. Yeah, dude, I don't think, because uh, he, he could just go to a bathhouse or he could go to any massage parlor in fucking China and get jacked off for 30 bucks. I don't know. But I mean, he's just being open. That's interesting that he even. So it's so 146 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's if that's if it's euros. I'm not sure it pounds euros or not. 
Mm. But uh, anyways, okay. So speaking of money, Mark Hunt, this is on BJ. Pitt. I think this is where I got mixed it up. So again, another guy who went to battle with the UFC. Yes, and still in the out. battle. The reason the UFC is so powerful that the best lawyers in the goddamn game. Those UFC contracts are fucking airtight. Yeah, there's no hiccups in them. There's nothing like that. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So Hunt says Mark Hunt ordered to pay the UFC over 375k in legal fees, and they're yep. going to come after you, man. So Hunt filed a lawsuit in the UFC shortly following his fight with Brock Lesnar at UFC 200. Super Simone claimed that the promotion put in the cage with a fighter who he says the UFC knew was using PDs. Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. Court case was originally dismissed in 2019. However, the appeals court decided to reopen the case on fraud and battery September 2021. Mark Hunt addressed his small victory by suggesting that some justice has been served. Uh, this is Mark Hunt talking. He said, you fucker said to me many moons ago if I was a gambling man and I will ask you here the same question because you ain't ever going to get rid of me. I'm a motherfucking gangster. I got the rusty fork waiting for all you bitch ass eyeballs. Dan White, you better kill me, brah. You ain't going anywhere, G. You and your little pussy friends, you bitches have stolen from so many of us fighters and our families. Finally, just about to be start for you, you punk motherfuckers. Enjoy it, bitch. All those who scoffed and laughed at me said all sorts of shit. You all can kiss my black ass. Mm-hmm. You filthy coward fucks. Oh. Yeah. So then afterwards, he was apparently, this is according to BJPenn.com. Uh, they said that he has a, he was ordered. But unfortunately for Hunt, his small victory against Dana White in the UFC was short-lived. As per a recent report from Combat Sports Law, the knockout artist has been ordered to pay the UFC over 375 k in legal fees. Mm-hmm. Oof. And that's, that's, I guess, the order. It's actually 388000 Mm-hmm. That's not fun. So Mark Hunt, like, even said something about BJPenn.com saying, like, you know, where'd you guys get your information? It's not That's not true. But I guess because he's filing appeals, so it's not like, you know, Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's not, yeah. He's not, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then he wanted to do this. He wrote this right here. Mark this. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Mark the Super Simone versus Dana, the Parasite White, Lorenzo Fertitta, and Frank Fertitta. Five rounds I'm made. These losers, Dana White, Frank Fertitta, uh, Lorenzo has sucked the life out of so many fighters, and him and his scum friends. You win, I drop the lawsuit. I win, you pay every Friday. You have ripped off since UFC started. Now, who would pay to see that? Yeah, it's not happening. Fun, I know. Fun, fun post, though. Yeah. All right. Um, here's a quick update. Not much information, but a quick update on Anthony Johnson and Bellator. So he's still dealing with his medical issue. I mean, I'm sure you heard rumblings about what it could I, be. I, I talked to Anthony Johnson about yeah, it. Yeah. So at this point, they don't know when he's going to come back, but he's like, you know, we'll talk as soon as your health is better. Yeah, it's a ma- I mean, major health. Screen. Yeah. Major, major. Hopefully he's okay. Definitely. All right, so this happened over the weekend. Tension Nazukawa and Hakunori Gomi apparently ended in a draw. I didn't watch it, but it ended in a draw. And also over the weekend was this. This is actually pretty popular. Fury Pro Grappling 3. But a lot who, of who had to pull out? Rose? Rose. And then uh, the reason why she pulled out, all that says is like uh, COVID protocols. So I don't know if she was around someone with COVID right, or something. Maybe she got the COVID. I don't know. But, maybe uh, she got the cove. Could Potentially. Carlos Carlos Barza, she actually opened up her eye too. Damn that yeah, Daniel yeah. Kelly, Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's she's very pretty. Yeah. Damn, Sean Brady beat Craig Jones. That's that was big. like a huge upset. Yeah, it's huge. And then John, Donald Cerrone got uh, rear naked choked. Yeah, so that's a tough one. Clay Guida, Clay Guida beat Billy Quintino. Decision. Lucinto beat Chase Hooper. That's a shame. And then Neil Magny got beat. Too. Oh, Neil Magny. Mm-hmm. 
Guillotine. Wow. Alex Caceres. Damn, this is cool. Bruce Lee, yeah, a lot of like that's really cool. Yeah. That's sick. That it's pretty cool. And then so there's some footage of this. This reminded me of your thing with uh Cyborg. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see here. So apparently he was super entertaining, Kevin Holland, as per usual, yeah, right? Makes sense. So I'll sh- play you this one. Halfway through our final prelim. Don't forget to be signed up over at USC Fight Pass. Oh, he's grabbed the neck as he drives oh. in. Holland trying to get a little squeeze at the edge here before they fall off the sand. Man, we should just leave it like a street fight. Let them fight onto the table, out into the crowd. How fun would that be? Well, we are in the former ECW arena, Paul Felder. Many a street fight. And Paul Felder was the yeah, analyst? Wow. The UFC let all the boys do it. Weapon night years back. And yeah. yeah, that didn't end well. I think that was, that was probably the more CZW. Interesting. That's what reminded me of your That looks match. fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. Pretty cool, for sure. Cyborg is in a bit of trouble now. He's not doing well. Oh, well, that yeah. sucks. We won't get into it, but mm-hmm. he's not doing well. There's Carlos. Well, she's not fighting for a towel anytime soon. Mm-mm. That, that is, is pretty deep, dude. Yeah. So accidentally had scar tissue. She's all oh, whoops. What? She's all oh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Okay, so a couple of fight announcements. Kai Car France, who just beat Cody. Ooh. He's fighting Askar. It's a great Askarov. fight. Yep. Great fight. And then we have Marlon Rise versus Song Yudong, a uh, Uriah Faber's dude, who's yep. really good, really good. And you like this one? <laughs> Well, I'm not mad at that. No, Irene Aldana, Aspen Lad. Yeah. And, well, Scott Coker is targeting. He wants, because Katzengon has been calling out Cyborg for a while now. So he's like, that's most likely going to be the next That'd fight. Be great. Yep. And then this one here. So I wasn't that familiar with uh, Yaroslav Amazov, but he's a killer. Monster. And that's the one that they're trying to uh, put up against Michael Venom Page. He's an ATT guy, yeah. Check out his record. Yeah, he's a fucking monster. 26 and no, yeah. So he just beat Douglas yep. Lima, too. Wow. Yeah, so that's a huge fight for well, Michael that, Venom Page. Well, it'd be for the title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying holder. it's like a tough, tough fight. Holy fuck, that guy beat Ed Ruth, too. Mm-hmm. Gerald Harris, Eric Silva, David Rickles, Ed Ruth, Douglas Lima. Yeesh. Freaking killer, yeah. That's going to be a tough night in the office for, yep. for our boy, man. Yep. He's 26 and 0. 26 and 0. Jesus Christ. Yep. That's tough. Good amount of submissions too. He seems like a well-rounded dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. That's a tough night in the office for sure. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this because we had the headphones off. I think this is the one. So Michael Bisbing was interviewing Ricky Simone, and then I guess after he won that fight against Rafael Sunsau, uh, Michael Bisbing said something like, "Oh, that's your you beat your first ranked opponent," and then Ricky Simone corrected him, like, "No, I beat ranked." a ranked guy before yeah and bisbing didn't really like that because i guess he thought he was making him trying to look stupid or whatever on on the air but also there's producers in there so maybe the producer yes that's exactly what bisbing said he said the producer is the one that told him that yeah there you go bisbing was asked where he secured on his youtube page he goes i've beaten ranked guys before Bisbing said i said well you definitely weren't ranked because he he wasn't ranked he's trying to make me look silly i'm literally relaying the information i was told to say Mm -hmm. by the producer yep so you direct your venom at him i tell him not to be such a little shit oh wow (laughs) Maybe you didn't want to be corrected. Simone uh, Simon told MMA fight. I mean, is there a rule that I'm not allowed to correct him on the air or something? I don't know if there is. Maybe I should have said something after, but this is my life. This is what I put everything into. And I do. All right. 
And I've, I have the receipts. I fought a ranked guy before. I beat, beat a ranked guy. I was ranked before. I just thought I would clear that up. Yeah, he says, like, no ill will. He didn't know why Bisbing's upset about it. It's kind of like. Uh, yeah, Bisbing shouldn't be upset. No, exactly. Especially it's not Bisbing's mistake. It's a producer, yeah. Yes, but the, the producer's the one. Yeah. Feeding it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Tell what what's is, going though. on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that was a quick one. This is a very sad one. BJ Penn's father passed away. JD Penn? Mm-hmm. That's tough for BJ, man. I guess he was dealing with Parkinson's, Parkinson's Alzheimer's. That's a shame, man. And then, like, literally almost all the like the big MMA stars, you know, showed love. Yeah, that's a bummer. BJ. Thanks for giving me the greatest life I've ever had, always hugging me and making me breakfast. Jesus Christ. That's... I know. Shout out to BJ and his dad, man. Yep. Is his dad white? That's the thing I discovered about this post, too. I thought he had two Hawaiian, like straight up Hawaiian parents, but I guess he's white. Well, that's cool. Or he looks white, at least. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. What okay. A legend. That's a tough post for him, I bet. I know. Poor BJ. We'll lighten it up right now. BJ's running for governor, too, of Hawaii. He was, tr- yeah, he's definitely trying. He still is, yeah. Uh, your boy, Roy McDonald. He, I follow him on Instagram and he posts like him working out, mm-hmm. but check out his gym. Interesting, right? It's so small. Yeah, it'd be tough to move in there. I mean, it's really, really small. But yeah, that's his gym. I just thought that was interesting. Well, it's a home gym, and his kiddos do yeah, it. Yeah, kiddos. That's cute. His jammies say "Time to hibernate." Hibernate. hibernate. <laughs> Time to hibernate. Shows a little cute bear on there. Yeah, that kids are cute as fuck, man. He has a very adorable family. What's he have um, two? Yeah, I think he has a daughter and a son. Yeah, I think he has two. I mean, his family, it looks like a... There they are. Yeah, it's like a... Yeah, Sue. Always like a portrait, a beautiful portrait. Yeah, goddamn, they look good. Is that cowboy hat on too? (laughs) Yep. Yes, wife's a dime. His wife is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's Roy McDonald, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think that's... I think that's it, dude. Is that it? Yeah. All right, man. Fun show. First one in the books. Really, it's... 267 is what we said yeah 267 as of today but then there's more yeah obviously. there's more but first one on our own with the thick boy production crew here chin and casey and mike and the whole squad get it together mm-hmm. um shout out to florida had a great time bringing the new year's in dania florida great club um two shows come up this week la this freaking wednesday wednesday night one show only very very special guest uh, one of the funniest people that is in my life will be making a special guest appearance Wednesday night, one show only. The others, we have Sam Tripley, Brian Callen, Chappelle Lacey, Eric Griffin, huge special guest, and myself, one night, one show, 8 p.m., Hollywood Improv, Los Angeles, California, right off Melrose, right there, one show only. Those tickets will sell out, so get them right now. And then also this week, Thursday, starting Thursday, Raleigh, North Carolina is January 6th through January 8th. That's this Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Raleigh, North Carolina. Get your tickets at FATKZ.com. Like and subscribe to the Thick Boy YouTube if you're enjoying this show and your RSS audio feeds stay exactly the same. Thank you for riding with your thick friend. Thank you for watching this on the Thick Boy YouTube. Then also, like I told you, we launched the Supercast. You can get every show that I do ad-free. We got two different tiers. The first tier, you get the Shop Show, Food Truck, Calabasas Fight Companion. You get AMAs. You get the classic Fight Companions where I'm going to watch my old school UFC fights, the Connor fights, Izzy fights, Ronda fights, Brock Lesnar fights. 
you get a special Calabas uh, Classic Fight Companion ad-free as well on there. The second tier, you get all that, plus Fighting the Kid twice a week, ad-free video, audio. Go sign up for Supercast right now to get every single thing that I do ad-free. Appreciate you guys. Stay thick. Stay safe. Like, subscribe. Go to the Supercast right now. See you next week.